T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. They haven't won a World Series in a century or so. So what? They're here. Every April, they're here. A 105 or a 705, there is a game. If it gets rained out, guess what? They make it up to you. Does anyone else in your life do that? It's time for Hit and Run. Don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascists. Throw some ground ball. It's more democratic. Cubs and White Sox conversation every Sunday morning till Cubs first pitch. Any bet against my Sox this series is a sucker bet. Of course, I'm not a gambling man. Hosted by Matt Spiegel. I want the absolute truth here. Are you 100%? Yeah, well, I about something like that. You better. You want to make this team. Connecting with you, the baseball fanatic. There's no crying in baseball. No crying. Hit and run on Sports Radio 670 The Score, 670thescore.com, and the radio.com app. Good morning, baseball people. Producer Zach Withers believes this will be the most depressing hit and run. Of the entire season. I don't know, Zach. I just sang along with the song. It's still warm out. It might rain. But yeah, the reality of uh, what the Northside baseball team is, it really is and truly is, is completely and utterly undeniable. Good morning. We won't just talk Cubs. Great night for White Sox offensive guys that matter. Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu and Yohan Moncada still doing their thing. We will talk about that. We'll have a few guests along the way. But the season-defining losses continue to pile up for the Chicago Cubs. One after another. One-run killers. Cardinals comebacks. Cubs blowing saves with impunity. And it's clarity. For those who have wanted it, I think we have some clarity, don't we? This was the latest brutal gut punch yesterday. After so many ups and downs, two pinch hit home runs in the same game. The Tony Kemp balk strikeout two-run homer sequence that was legendary for almost one hour on the clock. Almost one hour. And then the Hall of Fame closer comes in, who's had the awkward couple of years, and things shifted rather quickly. Yadier Molina leads it off, hits a high fly ball, left field, back toward the wall is Castellanos, and this is a home run. Unbelievable. On the first pitch by Craig Kimbrell... Yadier Molina ties the game with a home run to left center. And just like that, it's back to even, tied 8-8. to And here's a deep drive to left, and the Cardinals are going to take the lead. Paul DeYoung with a rocket to left center. St. Louis leads 9-8. to Yeah, there you go. Um, so Craig Kimbrell is a disaster yesterday. 
And really, his entire Cubs season is a disaster. We'll talk about him. It's, you know what it is. You know how we got here. It's the results of bad Brandon Morrow money. And then inactivity last offseason for financial reasons, as restricted, in my opinion. And then desperation. And we see why teams were scared of Kimbrell. Last year was his career high in home runs allowed with seven. That was over about 62 innings pitched. He allowed seven home runs last year in 62 innings pitched. Teams were scared of him because the fastball didn't quite have the jump. The velocity had dropped, and he gave up a lot of bombs late in the year and in the playoffs. Then this year, he doesn't participate for about three months. We'll never, we'll never know if it's confirmation of the scare of last year or a result of the three-month delay before he's worked to get to midseason form. Maybe it's some of both mixed with juice balls. He has tied and skyrocketed past his career high of home runs allowed. He now has allowed nine in just over 20 innings pitched. That's 42 innings less than last year's career high of seven, now with nine. There's not a lot wrong with that pitch to Yadier Molina. That is high. That is at the very, very top of the zone. Yeah, it's down the middle, but it's at the very, very top of the zone. I'll tell you what's wrong with it is that Molina knew exactly what was coming. Exactly. So there's uh, there's something wrong with the choice. But the pitch itself was, what, 96? I think his fastball just must not have that little bit of carry, that little bit of uh, what appears to be the absence of drop that makes his stuff crackle, that makes his fastball harder to hit. That four-seamer just not carrying like it used to. Disastrous. But anyway, here you are. The reality of what the Cubs are is undeniable. I got sucked in one final time last weekend. If you were listening, you remember. This game is built on hope. This game is designed to suck you in. It hit me one final time because they had it right there in front of them. They didn't deserve it. They didn't deserve to be where they were with an opportunity with seven against the Cardinals. Didn't deserve it. And then they've gone out and shown you that they don't. 670, the score is where you are. It is Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run. The good teams around baseball are playing well. You ready for some numbers real quick? The Braves in their last 32 games are 24-8. and They've won their second straight National League East. The Brewers in their last 21 games are 17 and 4. The Cardinals in their last 42 games are 30 and 12. The Nationals in their last 37 games 24 and 13. The Dodgers are 11 and 6 in September. The Astros are 13 and 5 in September. The Yankees are 13 and 7 since August 31st. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams with winning records in some form over the last month or two as they've needed to. And the Cubs since August 31st are 9 and 12. The Cubs since August 9th are 19 and 21. And here's the true indicator. Since the 14th of May, they are 57 and 59. Since the 14th of May, 
and it has been frustrating. It has been a roller coaster. There have been moments where you're like, here it comes, here it comes, and it has not come. That is a sample of 116 games, and they are 57 and 59. Think about it. At this point in the year, they've tried absolutely everything. In the offseason, new coaches, right? New personality mix, new work habits, a mandate on Joe Madden to be more involved. They did not spend a lot of money in the offseason because we were told they were broke. But then during the year, the big free agent splash midseason with Kimbrell, the big trade deadline moves, Nicholas Castellanos has worked out as perfectly as you could ever dream of an offensive player working out in trade. Like, like a Carlos Beltran trade acquisition success level. Okay? So that has happened. Ben Zobrist returned and has been himself. Wilson Contreras returned, has had moments. Hugh Darvish finally found himself and has been dominant. It doesn't matter. They have eventually cycled through all those guys in the bullpen. What, 19 different guys? Maybe 21 different guys? I'll count at the break, have pitched out of that bullpen. And they found Rowan Wick and Brad Wick and Kyle Ryan. Guys have emerged. They've stopped using the guys that they should for the most part. And Pedro Strope. I still see David Phelps out there in games of consequence, and I don't understand it at all. They still lost a big game this week through James Norwood, and I don't get it. But anyway, they've found some guys. Lately, Anthony Rizzo gave you a Willis Reed moment the same night as Javier Baez pinch ran. Kimbrell came back. And then yesterday, two pinch hit, two run homers in a game. Javier Baez with the dramatic pinch hit appearance in the ninth yesterday. None of this has pushed them to be better than they are. None of it. They are not good enough. They've done everything short of changing the manager and making a big trade of somebody from the core. And guess what? I think both of those things are going to happen between now and opening day 2020. I, I don't think this is Joe's fault, Joe Madden's fault, but I think there will be a new manager. I think they've set this up with this, this lame duck year that has really been in, remarkably comfortable, and that's a credit to Joe. It it has been set up that they can bid farewell peacefully. And if Joe wants, another really good job opened up yesterday. The Padres' job is open. A.J. Preller is aggressive. They have money. They have a really good young core. You want to go work in San Diego? How about the Angels' job? You don't think they'd race to, to bring Joe Madden in to replace Brad Osmus? And, of course, Philly, as we've been talking about. Joe will have options if he wants options. And a trade from the core, we don't know who it's going to be. But I'll be surprised if they don't because they have a lot of needs. We're going to talk to you all morning long. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. You can text at 67011. I know that the bitterness for the fans is is out there. It's palpable um, because the problems were obvious and we've discussed them. And I know that it's uh, it's been a very frustrating year or a maddening year or however it's gotten. And now here you are. I I don't want 
you to go to the same old Cubbies place. I've had friends who've done that, like the lovable losers place and like kind of re-embracing a pre-Theo history. No, you are where you are and where you are is fascinating enough. A Hall of Fame executive, one of the best who has ever done it, took over and built a remarkable thing. It was a rebuild that went near perfectly and resulted in a World Series title in year five. The model for every organization to tear it down and build it back up. And the goal has been sustained success. They had it last year. They did make the playoffs for that consecutive year. And sustained success never felt so empty is what I wrote last year. This year was worse and looks like it will end far worse. They are three games out of the second wild card with seven games to play. It's unlikely that they make the playoffs at all. And we have to discuss why. At 312-644-6767. I have something I really want to discuss with you when we come back. And to me, it is... The most, um, the most obvious reason why they are where they are at this point in the window. The window is damaged. It's not, they're not dead. It's not done, this opportunity to win another title. It's going to be the most important offseason of, uh, of this Cubs regime. And they have to nail it. They absolutely have to nail it. And the pressure is on to nail it. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you why the pressure is on. It is the most obvious to me and, and tangible reason as to why the window is damaged right now. And it is the flip side of what the St. Louis freaking Cardinals have done. It's right there on display for you. We'll discuss that next, okay? It's hit and run. On 670 The Score, this hour of which is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website at 56david.com. That's 56david.com. We're going to take your calls. We are a vessel for your frustration. You will vent, and we'll do that next. But when we come back, I'm going to tell you what I think is the biggest reason that they are where they are. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. And the pitch to Baez. A swing and a miss. And the ball game is over. And the Cardinals have made it three in a row. It was a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. Baez took his cuts. He came up empty. The Cardinals start to celebrate. And the Cubs now find themselves in a deep hole with only seven games to play. The final, Cardinals nine, Cubs eight. We just lost. You know, it's tough. Uh, Played a good game. Back and forth. It's a a great Cubs-Cardinals game this late in the year, but it's just, it's really unfortunate we lost. Oh, the sad stuff coming from Zach Withers. Anthony Rizzo with the sad stuff. Pat Hughes with the sad stuff. Uh, Me, I'm just trying to speak the truth and chat with you and get through it. It's Matt Spiegel here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Freaking Cardinals, man. 
Three starting pitchers, all their own first-round draft picks. Michael Waka, Dakota Hudson, and Jack Flaherty. Three first-round picks, all in their starting rotation right now as they steamroll towards yet another division. Remember when the Cubs caught them and passed them in 2015? That's exactly what happened. And then things faded away. And the Cardinals are back on top of them. How did that happen? How did we get here? We're going to take your calls at 312-644-6767. But let me tell you how we got here. One of the main reasons, I think the most obvious reason, the Major League Baseball draft is where you're supposed to find talent that can come up and help you. Not just stock your farm system with pieces that you can then trade away, although that's good too, but guys who can come up and help you. This year's Cubs team, players drafted between 2013 and 2017. You ready? Between So those five years, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 2013 to 2017. Chris Bryant, good pick. Kyle Schwarber, good pick. James Norwood in the seventh round of 2014. Ian Happ, 2015. That's it. Those are the four guys on this Cubs team drafted in those five years. Also within that time, they drafted Zach Godley, who has gone on to be a nice starting pitcher elsewhere. They drafted Dylan Cease, who was part of the Jimenez deal, so you give them Quintana. And they drafted Mark Zagunas, who you saw for parts of this year. So that is four players and then two on other teams, which brought you Jose Quintana. Okay. This year's Cardinals team, players drafted between 2013 and 2017. Okay? Dakota Hudson, first rounder in 2016. Um, Tommy Edmond, sixth round pick in 2016. Andrew Kinzer, backup catcher on this team. In 2016. In 2015, Harrison Bader was a third-round draft pick. He's there in center field. Paul DeYoung hit that second homer. He's a fourth-round draft pick. In 2015, Ryan Helsley, who pitched well in relief for them on Friday. That's a fifth-round pick in 2015. Jack Flaherty, a first-round pick in 2014. Daniel Ponce de Leon is a bullpen piece. That's eight. That's eight right there. And then we add these. Zach Gallen was a first-round pick for them in 2016. That was the main piece of the package they sent to Miami for Marcelo Zuna. Jordan Hicks was their closer this year. It's a 2015 draft pick before he blew out his elbow. Luke Weaver, a first-round pick in 2014 as a pitcher, was the big piece traded for Paul Goldschmidt to Arizona. Marco Gonzalez, their first-round pick in 2013, is a MLB pitcher in Seattle. Oscar Mercado, a pick from 2013, traded to Cleveland, and he's a part of what they're doing. Luke Voigt in 2013, a Cardinals draft pick. He's now a Yankee, of course, but they got Giovanni Gallegos for Luke Voigt, and that is a huge part of their bullpen. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 
between 2013 and 2016 alone. So in those four drafts, right there in the middle, as the Cubs had passed the Cardinals, they have four guys between 2013 and 2017, two others. So six total for the Cubs, 14 for the Cardinals, and a lot of them are on the team. Again, Tommy Edmonds, sixth-round pick. Paul DeYoung, fourth-rounder. Harrison Bader, fourth-rounder. Let alone the first-round pitchers of Flaherty and Dakota Hudson and Michael Waka before that and Zach Gallen and Marco Gonzalez. They hit in the draft, and the Cubs have not. And in a related story, Jason McLeod was moved sideways to the Major League Club. That was not a promotion. He was moved sideways because they have drafted terribly. And I'll give you one other moment in the midst of that run. It's 2017 when the Miami Marlins are deciding they are going to get rid of their young, expensive soon-to-be-expensive players. And they trade Marcelo Zuna, they trade Christian Yelich, they trade Giancarlo Stanton. And the Cubs hold on to their guys. They don't get in there and do it. Now, I I mean, I I don't know what was on the table. I know that Lewis Brinson and Jordan Yamamoto were the big pieces from from, uh, Milwaukee for Yelich. Uh, I mentioned Zach Gallen, one of the big pieces from St. Louis for Ozuna. But the Cubs didn't get in there and do it. The Brewers over this same time period, they didn't draft as well as the Cardinals. They got Brandon Woodruff. They got Trent Grisham, who's helping them now. They got Keston Hero, who's terrific. Got Corbin Burns, who's been good when healthy. But you know what the Brewers did? They traded for Josh Hader, Adrian Hauser, Domingo Santana, and Brett Phillips from Houston for Mike Fears and one other guy. Who's the other guy in that trade? I forget. But anyway, they traded Santana later for Ben Gamble. They traded Brett Phillips later for Mike Moustakas. They made the Christian Yelich trade. They nailed free agents like Lorenzo Cain, Eric Thames from Korea. So the Cubs did not draft well. They did not self-scout in terms of possibly getting some of those Marlins guys right in the middle of that window. When they became available, now the Cardinals have one and the Brewers have one, and they kill them. So to me, that is a big, big part of what has gone on here and how the window has been damaged. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Northwestern Football at Ryan Field this fall when the Wildcats, led by Big Ten Coach of the Year Pat Fitzgerald, host Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota in Big Ten play. Single-game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at nusports.com. Thank you for your patience. Your, uh, your show starts now with Keith in Rolling Meadows on the score. Hey, Keith. Hey, how you doing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Where were the Cubs with Yelich? Where where were they at with him? I don't know <laughs> how involved they were in the conversation, but I know they didn't get it done on any of those guys. And then you got Coomer saying, you know, oh, uh, bunting isn't a part of baseball anymore in this age. Well, you know what? I'd like to know how many times the Cubs were on first and second or first and third or second base with no outs and they didn't, they didn't do anything, especially with the shift on. I know it's not easy to bunt, but I'll tell you what, ridiculous. Uh, thanks, man. Um, I mean, yesterday Ian Happ had a pinch hit two-run homer. That's why he didn't bunt uh, two days ago when there were first and second nobody on. 
It can be frustrating, and we could get lost in minutia, but I find myself wanting to think big picture. Texture says, those Cardinals draft picks aren't anything special, Matt. The regular players that are overachieving. No, this is what they do over and over. First of all, those first-round pitchers, Dakota Hudson has been phenomenal. Forget what you saw yesterday. Jack Flaherty has, has been unbelievable. And then the ability to do you understand? Here's what, you, what perhaps you're, you're missing. When you can draft guys like Tommy Edmond, Paul DeYoung, Harry Bader in the middle rounds, and you can use them. When you can draft Andrew Kinzer, and he's going to be your backup catcher here. You can draft Jordan Hicks, and he's your closer until he blows out his arm. That means you don't have to use other resources to go out and get people. You don't have to go and, and spend your free agent money everywhere. You don't have to, to desperately try and trade whatever you got. You know, and give up on some of your prospects who may who may end up being useful. This is the point: is that they've had to hustle and and search for pitching and search for all this stuff everywhere. Search for position players and depth everywhere. They've had to scramble for it instead of drafting and developing their own. That's the point. Tommy Edmond has been a huge part of this Cardinals run, playing instead of Matt Carpenter. Paul DeYoung had a terrific start, made the all-star team. You know, these are not nobodies. And then I told you Luke Weaver, part of the Goldschmidt trade. Zach Gallen, part of the Ozuna trade. No, no, no. This is a big, big, big deal that we are discussing. This is John on the west side on 670 The Score. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, I'm all right. Enjoying the show. The Cubs have done, they faded two straight years the same way down the stretch, underperforming. These guys are paid to perform, and here's my last point. I felt, I called into the show middle of the season at the break. I felt then, I said either Rizzo should be paid to be a a player that we're going to keep forever, or they should have traded him and got some good players and trade the guy in his prime when he's worth great value. We, there's no way we could keep all four pieces. We should have traded one of the pieces. Look at the pitching, last point. Look at the pitching of the Cubs. We got two pitchers out of all the pitchers we got. Hamill's not going to even pitch again. To me, he just let the Cubs down. He, he's, he's saying he's hurt, but I think he knows he's on his way out. I don't even see him pitching again this season. I'll hang up and hear what you got to say. Thank you, John. There's a lot of stuff in there. Um, I don't think Rizzo um, – A, I don't think he has the most value of the core four, if we're going to talk about it that way, or five as we add in Schwarber, who's had a great offensive year. Um, so I don't think Rizzo has the most value because of uh, positionally what he brings. And I think he has way more value on this team than he would in trade. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere, um, as well as what he represents um, off the field and what he does in the community and all of that is, is, a, is, is a factor as well. But really, the, the guys that you're going to end up considering, the guys who are going to get you the most, in trade are going to be Bryant and Contreras to me. And it's, um, it's hard to even consider trading Chris Bryant, but I've wrapped my head around the possibility. I've wrapped my head around the ability to have conversation. And, uh, you know, it's, you're going to have to consider some, some harsh and desperate things because of uh, where things have gone and because your moment is right now, Jim is in Geneva on 670 The Score. Hello, Jim. Good morning, Matt. I could not agree more with you. The Brizzo experiment 
is over. Uh, uh, what do you mean the experiment? It's It's been a terrific run with those two guys. No, 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 no. This season, Chris Bryant has tanked more balls than I want to even talk about. Baez is sitting there backing him up all the time. He won't go out and run after balls. He lets balls go right past him. And how many times has Baez picked him up to save his butt? Then, now in the St. Louis series, he's got men on base, the game's on the line, the season's on the line. The former MVP strikes out over and over and over again. It's time that Chris Bryant goes. All right. I don't see the defensive stuff like you're talking about. Um, there are moments that have, uh, have, not, have not been great um, defensively. Uh, but, you know, over, overall, I, I don't see that stuff. And I still see a terrific all-around player. Uh, I still see a wonderful base runner. Um, I do see a guy with an 887 OPS with runners in scoring position. It is not as bad as you think. It has not been as bad as you think with runners in scoring position. It has been a slump, a really bad slump, for a long period here at a really inopportune time. It has. And in terms of his on-base percentage with runners in scoring position, that is is low. I keep I keep hunting uh, down the numbers, and I'm having trouble grabbing them live here. But I know that there was a point in the year where his numbers close and late, his numbers in big situation, his numbers with runners on, were a lot better than you realized. That said, the RBI numbers for Bryant are just they're 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 pedestrian for a slugger. They are a lot of that is opportunity based, as we know. Uh, But at a certain point, I mean, how can I sit here today, for instance, how can I sit here today and give credit to Jose Abreu for driving in 121 runs and not look at Chris Bryant's, was it 77, 79? Um, how, how How do we do that? And yes, we can talk about opportunity. We can break it down with full-on numbers on that. And I know that that matters. But it's not black and white. It's not 100%. Because Jose Abreu is a terrific situational hitter. And if you watch the at-bats over and over, you see a guy doing very, very intelligent things to make more contact. He's hitting 340 uh, with runners in scoring position is Abreu. Leads the majors in RBI. And he does it every year. Some guys have the ability to be more like themselves and have really, really good at bats in those moments. I, I just, I, I can't look at that quite in the bubble that the math will tell me to look at it in. This is Jeff in Joliet on 670 The Score. Hey, Hello, Jeff. Yeah, Matt, I think the biggest issue was what we did with that Torres and uh, Soler Torres was our leadoff guy of the future. Gleyber Torres, he's with the Yankees now. Yeah, yeah, but they got to roll his Chapman for him, and that, yeah, that was a big part of winning a World Series. That was that was great, but why didn't we sign Chapman after that then and keep him? Uh, Otherwise, if, you, just, you gave Torres away for nothing. Well, you didn't give him away for nothing. You rented a World Series, and, and that is a perfectly acceptable outcome. Not signing him then and having to trade Jorge Soler for Wade Davis, you could argue that. Could also argue that there should have been somebody different than Soler. Should it have been somebody different than Torres? Ah, boy, that would have been nice. 
Torres has 38 home runs. He's an awfully good player. Yeah, and they knew that. They knew he would be. But they got Chapman for him. But it's the fact that they've had to then use more and more. and They've had to use more and more of those prospects to go and move them. And there is, there's a parallel universe where, where Glaber's ready just a little bit earlier and they trade Russell instead, right? They trade Russell instead and keep Glaber. That'd be nice. There's a parallel universe, um, I guess it's a different one, where they trade Russell um, for Wade Davis instead of Jorge Soler. That'd be nice. That parallel universe exists. All of those kind of decisions, you know, you add them all together and they end up uh, looking bad. I go back to the Yelich moment when Yelich is available. And I don't know. I don't know if Almora or Hap or Russell could have been some centerpieces of some of that stuff. If, if they could have, it's an opportunity missed. Bob in Canaryville on 670 The Score. Hello, Bob. What's up, uh, Matt? That's good. Um, I'm going to piggyback on what that guy said. I will go to my grave arguing that the Cubs did not need to make that deal for Chapman. They could have, remember, if you remember at the time, the Yankees wanted Kyle Schwarber. They offered Andrew Miller for our Schwarber. The Cubs turned it down. So you would have had your closer there. You didn't need, so you would have kept Torres. You could have signed Verlander, so you wouldn't need Quintana. You could have had Jimenez and Cease. I will go that year that they got Chapman, they were seventeen and a half games up when they made that deal. Nobody's gonna tell me that Hector Rondon couldn't have finished that regular season. And then in the <laughs> and then in the playoffs, and you know I'm right, and then in the playoffs <laughs> I don't know you're Chap, right. Chap, well Chapman did not do do much in the playoffs. And in the World Series, if you had Andrew Miller, you wouldn't have to worry about working him overworking him because Andrew Miller at the time was one of the top two or three pitchers in baseball, could go two, three, four innings. Yeah, if, well, there's there, there's a lot of stuff in there, Bob. First of all, Schwarber was hurt at that moment. Schwarber was hurt all year, remember? So, yeah, you could have traded a hurt Kyle Schwarber, but I don't know what the value was at that moment if you could have traded Schwarber for Miller. That's one of the many revisionist things. And it's tricky because I'm going down some revisionist places here as well. I don't know that Hector Rondon is, is enough to help you finish the year and, and finish the playoffs. Um, there was a lot of stuff in there uh, to respond to. Um, and it's, but this is where we are. We're thinking back on, on, on some of this stuff. And what could have been done to maximize the window? What could have been done to keep the sustained success rolling in a, in, a, in a comfortable, awesome way? And there's just, you got to be perfect. Then they've gone out and spent a bunch of money in free agency that has not been perfect. Last year was a lost season of you, Darvish. Got nothing out of him. That's brutal. Got nothing out of Tyler Chatwood. Brandon Morrow ended up shut down. So, I mean, that was a disastrous offseason. Darvish has found it now. Chatwood's been useful, but Morrow is in nothing. And you had to go and spend for Kimbrell because of it. One thing leads to another, the fix told me, and they were always right. This segment is brought to you by Amazon. It's 670 The Score. It's hit and run. We do camp connections coming up. More of your phone calls and texts on this stuff and uh, me living as a vessel for your frustration this morning on Hit and Run on 670 The Score.
Welcome in to 670 The Score and Hit and Run. Before we get to Cam Connections, I'm giving these away all day. Be caller six to the Scores Contest line at 312-591-6700 and win a pair of sweet tickets to Monster Jam on Saturday, September 28th, the 7 p.m. show at Allstate Arena. That's tremendous value. Sweet tickets to Monster Jam. I love that thing. Me and the Roopster have gone uh, past couple of years. Great fun. Caller number six right now to the contest line. And here is our man, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. He is Chris Kampka, who uh, joins us to talk about the Cubs and Sox as he has weekly on Hit and Run all year long. Hello, Chris. Hi, Matt. Man, you're wearing it that previous segment. They're coming at you. You're your punching bag for angry Cub fans. <laughs> Man, I got to hand it to you. Let's let's revise history all morning long. But I'm guess what? I'm doing some of it. Not revising, just kind of going over it. And those draft, that lack of draft success between 2013 and 2017, it just feels like it's costing you so dearly here in 2019. Right. Okay. So yeah, you had a lot of early round, early first round guys that made good. Yes. Uh, you really haven't hit that much gold after that. And uh, in some cases, maybe you stuck with your guys a little too long. Um, you know, maybe that may, I don't know. That's just the take on it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it um, is. It, yeah, that draft is, that draft is critical, man. You got to have guys in their place to, you know, pick those diamonds in the rough because the Cardinals surely have for a long time now. Yes, yes, they have. Um, Chris, what you got for me, buddy, on both sides of town today? Start wherever you want. All right, well, let's start with the Cubs. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been rough, and, and I'll tell you how rough. Um, when they're ahead entering the ninth inning, Cubs are now 76-7. and seven, oh. And no other team can match those seven losses when ahead entering the ninth inning. No team. Wow. So then there's only one other team with as many as six losses when leading, entering the ninth inning, and that's the Orioles. And if you were to take a look at the two teams that they're looking up at in the NL Central, they're combined 150 and five when leading, entering the ninth inning. So that's been a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure has. You know, the the, the blown saves, it's – it's amazing how many blown saves there have been. And you know what's weird, though, is that the Oakland A's have a lot of blown saves. And I, I don't know I don't know exactly how they're surviving it, but I, well, I, I believe they lead the league in blown saves. Well, they're 83-3 and three in those situations. Hmm. So it must be a lot of times where when you look at the blown save column, I, I don't really pay that much attention to it because – Early. So many times guys are coming in in the eighth inning, seventh inning, yeah. and they're being credited with blown saves, but, I mean, they're not. that's not the way they're being used. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not, the idea isn't to have them have a save. This is giving up the lead before the actual closer gets a chance to do it. So, yeah. eh, I've never been a big fan of blown saves. All righty. Um, all right, but losing games in the ninth, uh, that is bad. Just to, uh, just to check. Losing games when leading going into the ninth, that still remains bad. I believe uh, is indeed bad. All right, good. Um, all right, well, go to the south side where Johan Moncada is a top 10 or 15 offensive player in the American League. He's top 10, I believe, in exit velocity. Huge breakout year for Moncada that he has sustained. We've talked a lot about him, though, so I don't know where you're going. Good God, yes. I mean, and we haven't talked about him enough. Probably true. I mean, look, Tim Anderson's chasing the batting title, and that's getting a lot of pub, and that's great, and it should. And Jose Bray is leading the majors in RBI. 
and that's great, and everybody should be talking about that. Well, you also got Yamakata, who is probably the best of the bunch at this moment. But I'm going to focus in on the trio of young stars that the White Sox have. You have Mankata, you have Jimenez, and you have Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. And they're all riding hitting streaks of at least nine games. Jimenez 12 and nine for the other two. And each of the last eight games that all three appeared in, they all had a hit. Wow. And if you go a little further back, from September 1 on, the top four in the majors and hits are Mankata, Anderson, Jimenez, and Marcus Simeon's tied for third. Oh, man. Marcus yeah, Simeon, Marcus Simeon, who's, who's, who probably will get some MVP votes for those Oakland A's this year. And probably should. Yep. And if you go back a little further, from August 27th on, that's their last 24 games. The combination of Anderson, Mankata, Anderson, Mankata, and Jimenez has produced at least two hits every single game hmm. over their last 24 games. So you're getting, you can't shut all three of them out. The last time you shut all three of them out, it was August 25th. <laughs> and, so, and so you're getting production from somebody every single game. And if you add them up over that span, that last 24 games, combined they're hitting 368 with a 402 on base and a 611 slugging. Wow, that's that, looking great. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Enjoy that young offensive core. Luis Robert will be here after the service time manipulation. Luis Robert will be here to add to the mix. But um, there's one thing that that Sox offense really, really needs that Luis Robert won't bring. That you, you know what they need, right? They need to get on base. 23rd in on-base percentage as a team, 30th in walks, dead last in walks in MLB. So I know Zach Collins has a good eye. I know Moncada's got a really good eye. Maybe now that he's established that he can rake, those walks will go up for him. That's possible. But uh, as they focus on some free agent hitters to round out the lineup, find patient guys who get on base with the walk. Absolutely right. And as we wrap up here, we have a special guest that just appeared. We have none other than Chuck Arfine's here. (laughs) Chuck, you have 20 seconds. You have 20 seconds to finish up Cam Connections. Your thoughts this morning, Chuck. Hello. My thoughts are you have... Chris Kampka, there's nothing more that I can say to add to your show. <laughs> Chuck, they need on-base percentage. They need guys who walk. They're 30th in walks, 23rd in on-base percentage. Other than that, the offensive core looks very good. Yeah, they need to improve on that. You can't be last in walks. I think they they might have been last in walks last year, too. They're striking out not as much as the, the strikeouts are a problem, but the walks, you got to get on base. That is true. But they're also hitting and hitting and hitting in the month of September, and that's been encouraging. I'll give it back to Chris. All nice right. talking to you, man. Th- thank you for the bonus, Garfine. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah, you know, had to hand it off to our Chuck while he's here. This spectacular <laughs> job the last two days with Steve Stone on the broadcast. If you missed it, go back and check that out. He was fantastic. It was a great watch, and it was fun to be there. And he's 2-0. Wow, that, that's that, that's awesome. And uh, I believe Jason is back today. I've already seen his picture of uh, of Tiger Stadium sent out into the Twitterverse asking us who we think of first. So, Indeed he is. Yes. All right. Well, say hello to everybody and thank thank Chuck for that and uh, congratulate him on uh, getting to do some play-by-play this weekend. Thank you, Chris. You're the best. All right. Thanks, Steve. All right. You got it. Appreciate it. Yeah, you are Mancata with a two-run triple last night. Jose Abreu leads MLB in RBI. Eloy Jimenez with the Grand Slam Friday. 
that easy power on a high and outside fastball. He's got 29 homers and 75 RBIs as a rookie. And Tim Anderson is going to have the highest batting average in all of MLB. He's set up to do so right now. All right. Phone lines, back to you. 312-644-6767. The Cubs are three games out of the second wild card spot with just seven to play. I have saved your texts at 6711, and we have time now for your phone calls, talking about the big picture, what has gone wrong, what you can do to fix it. And if you want to talk about some specifics from this weekend, you can do it as well, as the Cardinals and their devil magic appear to be locked and loaded for another division title. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 